One of my nieces was like playing with her cousins and she was about three, just running through the living room and she tripped over nothing, picked herself up and was trying to round the corner and she went straight into the wall and mom went, oh, that reminds me of you. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to this episode of Cavern of Secrets, the podcast about extraordinary women. (laughs) Today's guest on the podcast is Eden Robinson, an amazing writer from here in Canada. She lives up in northern BC. Uh, She called in to us, so we had a nice phone conversation. And you may know Eden from a lot of things. She is a very prolific writer. Um, Her most recent work is a trilogy, so the Trickster Trilogy. First book is Son of a Trickster, then Trickster Drift, and she is currently working on the third book. Uh, In this episode, we talk about how that trilogy is getting turned into a miniseries for CBC. So that is super cool. When I read these books, I was like... I hope they make this into a movie or a TV show because like it's so cinematic the way she writes. It's really beautiful. So um, listen to this interview. Go get your hands on the books. Read them, please. <laughs> Hello, Eden. Hello. Hi, it's Lauren. I'm I'm literally trapped in a weird booth by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, it's raining and I'm uh, my apartment overlooks the band office. Oh, is that a nice view? Yeah. <laughs> it's very office yeah. There's a big mountain behind it and the trees are changing colors. Yeah, that's beautiful. BC's so yeah. beautiful. Well, it's northern BC, so they're going from green to brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like if the mountains weren't there, that would be like a little sadder. But I always liked being... Anytime I've been in, in BC or anywhere, anywhere with mountains, I do enjoy, I do enjoy the them. mountains are pretty, yeah, I, I worked in Calgary for a year and, uh, it was, it was weird because it was so sunny. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yeah, they get about 300 days of sun out of the year. Kitimat gets about 300 days of rain out of the year. Oh, wow. So it was exactly out of my element and I didn't realize how much of a mushroom I was I was like oh it's still sunny yeah that my sister lived in Calgary for three years and that shocked her about it yeah that and the fact that every summer she would call me at the same time and would be like Lauren you are not gonna fucking believe what's happening here right now and I was like let let me have one guess is it the Calgary Stampede again? And she was like, yes, you know these fucks do this every year? I was like, yeah, yeah, I did I did know that, actually. <laughs> we just grew up in a town where it was, like, cool to wear a cowboy hat, and then those people were all, like, pro- like vaguely, like, racist and homophobic and stuff. So my sister was like, she was like, I do not care for this. <laughs> That's when you wear your rainbow cowboy hat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Boots, exactly. Just to piss everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Pride! <Yeah. laughs> Man, I when I was a teenager, I remember being like, "Just let me drive the car." And now I'm like, "Oh my god, why would you ever let a teenager drive a car?" You know uh, what I mean? Like, yes. I'm like, good yes. for my parents for being like, okay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, when my dad was alive, he got his license taken away and he had to depend on me. 
Mm-hmm. And he was always gripping like the the car door and pumping his imaginary brake and going, "Oh my god, you're gonna kill us! Oh my god!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I was always super annoyed that he didn't trust me, and you know, and yeah. uh, and then and then when my niece came over this summer and she was driving me around, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm yeah. so sorry." <laughs> it is. So crazy. And I do that all the time. Like, even friends who I trust when they drive me around, I'm, like, using – I'm, like, braking in the passenger seat. Like, I'm, like, oh, I'm an – I am my – like, I am my dad. I'm an asshole. Like, I'm sitting here being, like, okay, well, you know. <laughs> I took my my driver's test in the, in the minivan, and I had to, like, parallel park in it and shit. <laughs> Which, as, like, a 16-year-old, I was, like, yes, am I doing well, it's a, you know, it is a boat, um, but I could fit like a walker, a wheelchair and still have room for groceries. And then dad could lie down in the middle seat if he got tired and, you know, mom could take shotgun. Yeah, that's it's so good to have that. Like when you're in when you're in that kind of situation, for sure. My my dad is actually quite sick and it's like the same. It's nice having big vehicles because yeah. like if he needs to go on a trip to the hospital or whatever he can like he's a big dude so he can just like lay in the back and it's yes. not like we're jamming him into a uh even like a sedan or whatever it's like he's in the back of the huge pickup truck it's like okay <laughs> you should you should be okay there dad don't uh don't roll over <laughs> uh we use dad had parkinson's so he found that seal fat was very helpful oh uh so the cousins who hunted would like bring us in the beginning, they would bring us like neat little packets of of uh, seal, and they were all ready to be plopped in the oven or mm. boiled. Or, uh, but towards the end, they were just leaving like half a seal in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> and they had gutted it. <laughs> well, that's a nice first step. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> Ooh, it's still got the flipper. Yeah, you're like, are so you my to... cousins or are you guys my dog? Like, did you catch this for me? And you're like, look, I did this for you, human. Uh, so I had to YouTube how to butcher seal. So, Is... you know, it was pretty spazzy and yeah. it looked like I had murdered someone in the kitchen. And <laughs> Dad was just pulling his hair out going, you're wrecking it. <laughs> You can't drive and you can't butcher a seal. <laughs> Who did I raise? <laughs> well, he was always embarrassed that I wasn't a lady. Uh, yes, I yeah. relate to that. And I was like, well, you taught me to buckwood and change oil, so. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember any tea parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never got out the fine china, so I kind of feel like that one's on you, Dad. <laughs> Which pinky do you raise when you're drinking tea? I never knew. <laughs> I could tell the difference between a 22 and a 30 odd. Yeah, see? That was like, I, I grew up in a household of like all girls, like children, and then we were raised by my dad. And it was like, if you didn't know the difference between like all the screwdriver heads, like if you if dad said, go get me a, go get me a Phillips head and you brought him back a flathead. 
oh my god like what who even are you who raised you (laughs) oh my god well uh yeah though i used to have uh stalkers oh really Uh, yeah i had two stalkers in vancouver one was like a guy i dated and kind of went off the rails and the other was just someone that was um quote unquote a super fan <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know they, they you know it's you know oh we're you know i love you we're gonna follow you wherever you go and then i moved on to the res and they're like oh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> You said he'd follow me anywhere. Oh, you're in the reds. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, we won't follow you that far, actually. We're obsessed with you, but like, mm. you know, there's boundaries. Yeah. You're like, oh, so now you have boundaries. You don't want to come to the res. Well, you know what? That is not, they're not very qualified stalkers is what I would they say. They really aren't. Oh, well, you know, I don't want to trigger them, but. Yeah. Thank God they got fired from their jobs of stalking you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then they went and stalked other writers. That's like, oh, wow. oh my God, you're disloyal. <laughs> <laughs> the disloyal stalkers. Supposed to be stalking me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I can't remember what the question was. I, I don't know if I've ever asked you a question in this entire time we've been talking. <laughs> <laughs> I've become this, you know, uh, a long talker. So I'll have a, like a like a super rambly answer to any question. And then, you know, I'll eventually be telling you like my favorite toenail polish. And then I'll go, I hope I answered your question. <laughs> Well, here's my question for you. What is your favorite toenail polish? Peaceful Paranoia. Peaceful Paranoia? Yeah, by Smith & Colt. Okay, I'm going to try and guess what color that is, and then you're going to tell me if I'm right. Okay. Okay. So I would guess that Peaceful Paranoia is like a soft gray blue. No. Okay. Did I get even close at all? It's soft. It's beige. Beige. Okay, my next guess was going to be like peachy pinky beige. But... Yes, it's a peachy pinky beige with uh, a slight red glitter. It's got that kind of like um, oily sheen, but it's a neutral. Oh, yeah, so, I like that. And so if you're on tour and you're changing outfits, you know, it matches everything. Matches everything. That's yeah. beautiful. My niece calls it the most boring color in the world. So we were arguing <laughs> about... Like she's she's really into nail art right now. It's cool. And I said I hate it when they click on the keyboard. I just can't stand it. And she's, yeah, she's like, because she teaches piano. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, her her nails would be full cardi. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, I that was me for a while, and I live with my sister. And at one point, she was like, we'd be like laying in bed at night, like before we went to sleep, and she'd be like, I can fucking hear your nails clacking on your phone screen (laughs) she's like please stop (laughs) i was like sorry it's just part of my lifestyle (laughs) 
press, 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 press. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like Money. I was almost almost doing it more on purpose. You know what I mean? Because I was like, I kind of liked, it was like authoritative how I was typing. I was like. Oh, I like clackety clacks. Um, yeah. But not when I'm. No, when I'm writing, I like oh, no. I, I like keep big keyboards. Um, not too noisy, yeah. and just a little bit of pressure. Like I learned to type on typewriters. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm such a fast and like accurate typer, and other times I feel like I'm just slapping the keyboard <laughs> with my whole palm. Like it's it's either one or the other, you know. <laughs> oh well, I I pulled a tendon a few years ago. And it was in my left hand, so it wasn't, you know, it was it was painful, but it was more annoying because I had to lay off the keyboard for six yeah. weeks. Oh yeah. And so I had to so I had to go back to handwritten. And I it was so slow. Like I've been typing uh I started typing on manual typewriters. Oh. Uh, yeah, and I didn't realize how much of my process is involved in not thinking about the words, yeah. like writing them out. So it was so painfully slow. I think the process is kind of inherently interesting. Like, I think everyone works really differently. And it's always interesting to me, like, talking to writers and talking to anyone who makes art, like, what like how you do it because no one I think that's the thing is like no one sits down and like makes art in the exact same way no. and it's kind of why you just have to figure out your own process I think yeah my pro mine is the most inconvenient one of them all <laughs> <laughs> it's the vomit method <laughs> it's kind of self-explanatory <laughs> It doesn't come out like in a linear fashion or um, it comes out in moments and, you know, and then I move them around and some of them stay, some of them don't. It's just, yeah, I find if I try to write to like an outline or like to a plan, then my muse just gets really inhibited. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got this other friend who writes on note cards. So he writes like oh. one sentence on each note card. And then keeps rewriting that sentence until it's perfect. Oh, my God. And then writes it up on a fresh note card and then um, does a hole punch in the corner and then puts it on a, one of those <laughs> metallic rings. And that's how he writes his novels. And so he's written one novel in 75 years. <laughs> well, sadly, we both have about the same, like, one novel every five years. <laughs> that's crazy. I want to go into this man's house and see all of his stacks of note cards. Like, I feel like he keeps them somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Some archive is going to be very happy with those. Yeah, 100%. Some, someone in like 50 years, like a super nerdy person is going to be like, this is the best day ever <laughs> when they get those <laughs> note cards. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I think that's the Nabokov method. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think that's the Nabokov method and... Uh, yeah, we were arguing about, you know, who had the better process. And I was like, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's whatever, whatever gets you pages. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so interesting. So do you, do you start with like a story in mind at all? Or do you just kind of start writing? Uh, I start with something that's haunting me. Like, um, like for a story that I was writing, I had heard an interview on NPR. Uh, they were talking with the Unabomber's brother. 
And so he he recognized his brother's writing and I was in denial about it being his brother. Then he realized people were dying, so he had this like long struggle with himself about turning him in because he knew what that would do with his family. Um, and but he didn't want anyone else to be hurt. So I was like, yeah, and it just it just stayed with me. Uh, so eventually, the the short story came out of that called Dogs in Winter. Um, and the contact sports one, uh, I was on the bus then, uh, from East Van to UBC and there was a couple and they were arguing when I got on. So I went and sat directly behind them, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. just to, you know, you hear better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, and then she, you know, she uh, had a seizure. Uh, she fell down in front of the back doors and the bus driver wouldn't, wouldn't stop the bus. Uh, so she was seizing and he kept shouting that he was late. So people just walked around her and her boyfriend was trying to protect her. Wow. Uh yeah, so he let them off um, finally, and she was coming too, and she didn't recognize him. And you could see that he'd been through this a bunch of times. Uh, and just the, re the, the whole relationship just stayed with me. Uh, so that eventually, eventually turned into contact sports. Wow. Yeah, if you need stories, take the bus. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm going to think about that tomorrow when I am sardined into it's material onto my train. It's all material. Yeah. It's something to use. Yeah. You know, if you listen, you overhear some pretty wild shit on the, on the, on public transit. It's a wonderful place to develop your dialogue. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's such a good point too. Like you hear like, and you hear different, like all kinds of people talking to each other and like the different ways in which that sort of changes based on even what neighborhood you're in and, and that kind of stuff. That's such a good and interesting point. Well, and data play, right? But um, mm -hmm. yeah, buses, dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's something like when a bunch of actors take your story and read it out loud. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, then you really hear where things aren't working or where, where your dialogue's touchy. Because they're making the Trickster series into a into a series, right? A miniseries yes. for CBC. And yes. then they're also making... Uh, they're making mm -hmm. Monkey Beach into a movie, right? Yes. Uh, they filmed Monkey Beach uh, six weeks from end of August to the first week of October last year. Cool. Uh, and they filmed one week of exteriors in Kitimat in August this year. And they're filming the rest of it in North Bay, Ontario. Oh. Because uh, we're booming and it's expensive. And Ontario gave them like a bunch of tax credits. Yep. Sounds like Ontario. <laughs> they really wanted me to be Crash Pad's mother. So I would have had a speaking role. I would have said, does anyone want any cookies? <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>
of like, yeah, I would have loved it. But it's, yeah, kind of, kind of a crazy month. Yeah. And so are they making, I was curious about this because the third book in the Trickster series hasn't come out yet. So yes. are they, are you like, are you Game of Thronesing this? Like, are you consulting <laughs> with them? On- <laughs> Are you Canada's own George R. R. Martin? <laughs> I wonder who Cersei will be. <laughs> really liked her in season five. <laughs> yeah. She's an incredible actor. That was an amazing arc. <laughs> yeah. So good. Uh, the first mini series is based on Son of a Trickster. Yeah. Uh, if it goes to a second miniseries, it'll be based on Trickster Drift. Awesome. Uh, they have asked me to write slower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, um, yeah, no, I, I'm thinking about the books after the Trickster series. Mm-hmm. You know, I was realizing how few years I have left if I'm writing about a book every five years. It's yeah. like, okay, so there are books I won't be able to write. Damn, that's crazy like, to think of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, where are the cyborg bodies we were promised? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when can I put my head in a jar? <laughs> I had a beautiful memory before menopause. Like it was just, it was crystal and I didn't appreciate it. Like I could hold all those details in my head and I never had to write a single note. Oh, see, I am not like that. And if that is what menopause does to me, I am screwed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already worried enough because I'm so hot all the time. Like (laughs) I'm just like always very, everyone up like, Always, people around me are like, it's so cold. And I'm like, oh, I'm just like sweating. Like, I'm just sweating profusely. (laughs) And so I fear what the future has in store for me. Well, it really depends on you and your family history. Like, mom went through hers early and hard, and mine was the same. No one tells you about, like, like, the shitty memory part. It was like, oh. But, you know, I also don't have a lot of anxiety about what people think of me. Yeah. Like I remember I remember being very concerned about that. And then menopause just wipes that out. There is no room anymore for that. That's so <laughs> you are beautiful. too hot. <laughs> <laughs> you do not give a rat's ass. <laughs> so it's been kind of liberating. <laughs> That's I love that. Okay. I'm back to looking forward to it. <laughs> You know, in our society, you know, women are just criticized so much and, you know, you have to care so much about what people think and menopause frees you of that. Yeah. <laughs> Watch my ass as I leave. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Uh, who does it wiggle for? It wiggles for you. <laughs> <laughs> for whom the butt wiggles. <laughs> That's that was my favorite poem that I had to read in university. So. <laughs> if Ernest went through menopause, <laughs> now that's a movie I'd watch. <laughs> Tilda could play him. <laughs> wow, man, that's fucking good. <laughs> 
All right, that was my conversation with Eden Robinson. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and I hope you laughed as much as we did during that conversation because we had a really nice time. I did want to talk about something that really I love and also I hate, but also that it's kind of like just makes me makes me laugh to myself. Um, and that thing is the Victorians were dumb as hell, but they like thought they were some hot shit. Did you guys know that the reason bitches be wearing white wedding dresses, sorry, I shouldn't be saying bitches, but people wear white wedding dresses is because of Queen Victoria. She was like, all these other fucking kings and queens have been too flashy. They've been flaunting the goddamn money of the monarchy, the wealth and the like stature of the monarchy. Because if you look at all the wedding dresses of queens before, they were all purple and reds, all these big rich royal colors with lots of jewels. And so she had her wedding dress made very white. So it's also very virginal. Um, she got all the lace made. I believe in Devon, I'd have to check for sure. It's like a very specific part of the UK that made UK lace very popular. Everyone else wanted to have this lace that was specifically made uh, in the UK. And she had all of her bridesmaids wearing the same thing and it was all very simple and she had this white dress uh, and it was a very simple wedding and Literally, weddings today are extremely based off the back of Queen Victoria and her wanting to make the monarchy more relatable to this sort of burgeoning Victorian middle class. Anyways, that turned into the wedding industrial complex. Once again, none of us have ever learned a goddamn lesson in our lives. Uh, and it's just like, it's crazy to think about how this sort of what seems to be maybe minor stuff in history. I mean, of course the industrial revolution and like Queen Victoria getting married aren't necessarily minor, but these things that happened hundreds of years ago, like directly affect our current desire to like sit in a room filled with knickknacks and useless shit. And that totally comes from, from that era of time and that, that wanting to show a display of wealth. And it's just sort of interesting how capitalism evolved but you know never never really evolved at all thank you for coming to my TED talk <laughs> all right well that's it for me here in the cavern of secrets this show was executive produced by katie jensen and our producer is alan payne smith our theme music is by Bianca Giulione, and our show artwork is by Nick Ilozada. Thanks so much to Sarah Daniel and Vicky Mochama for their editorial support. And as always, a huge thank you to Unchman Itamsetti, my beautiful and original producer. If you're in Toronto, come to our friggin' live show. It's gonna be amazing. It's on October 27th. It's at the Review Cinema in Roncesvalles. We've got great guests like Kyrell Grant, Marlo Granados, and Mary H.K. Choi, plus more. You can buy tickets online. Go do it now. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Cavern of Secrets. You can follow me if that's something you're into. I'm at Internet Lauren. And please subscribe, share, and leave a review if you feel so inclined. That's it. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>